You're listening to the Quince podcast. To those who carried out this attack, as well as anyone who wishes America harm, know this: we will not forgive. We will not forget. We will hunt you down and make you pay. I will defend our interests and our people with every measure at my command. That was U.S. President Joe Biden responding to the twin suicide attacks in Kabul in the early hours of Friday, 27th August, marking the deadliest day for U.S. troops in Afghanistan in more than a decade. The bombings claimed the lives of at least 95 Afghan civilians, 13 U.S. troops, and injured dozens more. The first attack was reported at Abbey Gate, which is one of the entrances to the Kabul airport, and the other at Baron Hotel, which has served as a bunker for evacuees, diplomats, and civilians before they head to the airport for boarding the evacuation flights. The attack was claimed by the ISIL offshoot in Afghanistan, known as ISIS-K, which reportedly singled out supporters and affiliates of the U.S. Army. The group has been blamed for some of the worst attacks in the country since its formation in 2015. However, ISIS-K is not only a threat to the population of Afghanistan. but also to the Taliban who they have reportedly accused of abandoning principles of jihad and favoring a peace settlement these bombings in kabul now pose a series of pressing questions on the future of afghanistan and its repercussions on the biden administration what precedent do the recent attacks set for biden how will the taliban versus isis k rivalry play out with the us out of the picture and more importantly what kind of future is afghanistan headed towards to answer these questions for today's episode we spoke with ajay saini the executive director at the institute of conflict management and south asia terrorism portal you tuned in to the big story the podcast where we dissect the headline making news for you and i'm your host emmat let's get straight to how the attack took place and the aftermath There were two suicide bomb attacks that were central to the current evacuation efforts for thousands in Kabul. Now, there are contradictory tallies on the total death toll, but at the time of recording this episode, at least 108 people have died and more than 120 people have been injured. The dead also include 13 US troops, 10 Marines, 2 soldiers and 1 Navy corpsman. According to Reuters, among the dead are also 28 Taliban members. Responding to the attacks on 26 August, President Biden stated that the US will not be quote-unquote deterred by terrorists and will continue with the evacuation missions in Afghanistan. Here is a snippet from his address. As I've been in constant contact with our senior military leaders and I mean constant around the clock and our commanders on the ground and throughout the day, they made it clear that we can and we must complete this mission and we will. And that's what I've ordered them to do. We will not be deterred by terrorists. We will not let them stop our mission. We will continue the evacuation. I've also ordered my commanders to develop operational plans to strike ISIS-K assets, leadership, and facilities. We will respond with force and precision at our time, at the place we choose, in the moment of our choosing. In his speech, Biden suggested that the U.S. can quickly identify the leader of ISIS-K and punish them swiftly. However, Mr. Ajay Saini, the executive director at the Institute of Conflict Management and South Asia Terrorism Portal, believes that such threats from a U.S. president who is under tremendous pressure from all sides may not be more than political posturing at this point. You see, uh, at some, one point of time, uh, you could take uh, threats of this nature from uh, American presidents very, very seriously. 
but uh, if you see what uh, the situation biden is in he has made peace he has not just made peace but surrendered afghanistan to a group of terrorists who are responsible for the death of thousands of americans you know that almost 2 and 1/2000 uh, forces personnel american forces personnel have been killed in afghanistan uh, nearly 4000 american uh, contractors and civilians have been killed in afghanistan and most of them would have been killed by the taliban so uh, i i wouldn't uh, be uh, taking uh, such threats as anything more than uh, political posturing uh, under these circumstances mr saini adds that though the recent attacks has resulted in a tragic loss of life for many families the impact of this attack on america is negligible uh, as far as the mission is uh, mission is concerned what is their mission i mean after that he continues to say that oh the mission is to just pull out all uh, american uh, uh, citizens is that a security mission is that what they went in for they claim that they went in for al qaeda and to neutralize and to ensure that al qaeda would have no safe haven in afghanistan if that is the case then they have failed abysmally they failed completely the uh, uh, al qaeda is very certainly there so what is the mission if you keep on shifting the goal post if you keep on saying this is not our objective something else was our objective you can always do what the americans are very good at uh, doing which is declare victory and run The attack in Kabul on Thursday was not a surprise and was expected. According to a Washington Post report, terror analysts have warned for months that Islamic State-linked militants in Afghanistan will try to attack the exit of US troops. So, who exactly is ISIS-K? According to a report from the Center for Strategic and International Studies, a US-based think tank, ISIS-K or the Islamic State of Khorasan is a regional offshoot of ISIS and is currently active in Afghanistan and Pakistan. It was formed in January 2015 and is responsible for hundreds of attacks on civilians in Afghanistan and Pakistan. At the height of its strength in 2016, the size of the group is reported to be 2,000 to 3,000 fighters, but have suffered losses due to clashes with U.S. and Afghan troops. Reportedly, ISIS-K's main aim is to establish an Islamic State movement and become the leading jihadist organization in Central and South Asia. They have been responsible for some of the worst attacks in Afghanistan's history, including bombing schools. targeting hospitals and even maternity wards where they gun down mothers and infants what's interesting though is that isis k and taliban do not get along well with each other though linked by the haqqani network the taliban is a sworn enemy of the isis k and have been very critical of the engagement with the us and other foreign forces for the peace process but the recent attacks beg the question of what danger this group poses for afghanistan mr saini wazin look first of all this is a relatively within the environment of uh, afghanistan this is a relatively small incident and uh, the the uh, what you are describing as havoc uh, is is essentially uh, a reflection of uh, the uh, very low tolerance the americans have for body bags uh, this is not some kind of a catastrophic terrorist attack it does not generationally deepen the chaos in afghanistan i mean the chaos in afghanistan is in itself uh, tremendous the impact of this incident on america is negligible apart from the tragic loss of life uh, this doesn't do anything more than uh, heap a little more humiliation on the uh, fleeing americans so it has no very great strategic consequences uh, the point of course is uh, it, it it reinforces american loss of face uh, enormously and the despite the statements by president biden the uh, possibilities of any more anything more than a, uh, a demonstrative uh, retaliation uh, are extremely small uh, to think that they are going to be able to sit uh, outside afghanistan 
uh, and and uh, neutralize the uh, Islamic State or neutralize those who are responsible for this particular operation uh, is is uh, I, I think uh, somewhat fantastical. Over hundred thousand people have reportedly been evacuated since the Taliban took over Kabul on 15 August. Evacuation flights have continued even after the bombing at the Kabul airport. Even as evacuation efforts seem to be in full swing. U.S. forces are reportedly also bracing for future attacks in the lead-up to the 31st August deadline. According to Marine General Kenneth F. McKenzie Jr., who is a commander for U.S. Central Command, future attacks are expected since the typical pattern is multiple attacks. Right now, our focus really, we have other active threat streams, extremely active threat streams against the airfield. We want to make sure that we've taken the steps we need to take to protect ourselves there. So our focus is on that. Over the next few hours and day or two, we'll learn a lot more about what happened here. And I'm sure we'll be able to share that with you. Right now, our focus is actually going forward, ensuring that another attack of this nature does not occur. Because as you know, typically the pattern is multiple attacks. And we want to be prepared and be ready to defend against that. The Taliban have stated that they will allow evacuations via commercial flights even after the 31st August deadline. But with the U.S. and other nations now gone, How hard-pressed will the Taliban be to stave off any future attacks from ISIS-K as it struggles to secure the economy of the country? What kind of future is Afghanistan headed towards? According to Mr. Saini, there will be a turf war between ISIS-K and the Taliban as both try to establish themselves in Afghanistan. He believes that the violence will only end if the Taliban graduates to becoming an effective government across the country. Look, uh, the Taliban has established some kind of an emirate uh, uh, with the resources it has, uh, possesses and that it has inherited by the outgoing government or the erstwhile uh, government. Uh, neither the Taliban in its areas of domination nor the Afghan government prior to the Taliban were actually running a administra- effective administration on the ground across the country. There were wide ungoverned spaces before, wide ungoverned spaces remain even today. So there are going to be a number of ambitious uh, groupings, including the Islamic State, that are going to contest the Taliban. There is from the other side also going to be the Northern Alliance, which is uh, going to contest the uh, Taliban. So there is going to be some violence uh, in the foreseeable future. This was expected. This is inevitable. Uh, unless the Taliban can actually graduate to becoming a uh, effective government across the entire territory, uh, it is going to have some manifestations of violence. So there's nothing extraordinary about th- these particular attacks. Uh, they have made a lot of noise only because of the Americans have died. Had they only been Afghans killed, I doubt if anybody would have been, uh, you know, doing the kind of coverage they are doing at this time. So once uh, the Americans are out of the equation. Uh, a lot of Afghans are going to continue to lose their lives in violence uh, inflicted by these other groupings, in violence inflicted on the population by the Tal- Taliban. So uh, there is, there are going to be a lot of disincentives for other countries to invest in Afghanistan, even for countries like Pakistan and China, who are extremely eager to invest. Uh, in Afghanistan and they exploit the natural resources, the very large uh, reserve of natural resources in the country. Uh, but uh, I, I think uh, uh, a commercial calculus will uh, uh, define the actual quantum of uh, uh, intervention and the commercial calculus will obviously be impacted upon by the scale of violence. The scale of violence, we have still to see uh, what it will be in the coming uh, weeks and months.
In our previous episodes of the big story on the Afghanistan crisis, we have tried to break down how the Taliban took over the entire country so easily, what the humanitarian crisis would signal for President Joe Biden's government, the freedom of Afghan women now that the Taliban have taken over, and the ground reality of Taliban rule. If you have missed any of those episodes, you can find a link to them in our show notes. If you liked listening to this episode, please subscribe to The Big Story for episodic updates. We're available on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, GeoSavan, and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quint website. And for any feedback, please shoot an email to podcast at thequint.com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quint's website and check out our other podcasts.